Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. Our guests sit down and open up in-depth to share their experiences, their brilliant insights, and their vivid snapshots from their professional and personal accomplishments within the sport. Today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast is presented by Bandit Running. Bandit Running is a performance running apparel brand founded in 2020 by members of the New York City running community. What started off as socks and accessories has grown into a full-fledged apparel assortment. Many of you tuned in for our coverage of the Chicago Marathon. Their Chicago collection was one of the best I saw from all of the brands. Their fall and winter capsule is also a hit. I know it's going to be tough for me to take my new Bandit Sidious Mag hoodie off all throughout the winter. Those aren't on sale yet. However, you can check out all of their tops, bottoms, long sleeves, hats, and more at banditrunning.com. Listen up because this is the best deal you're going to find on the internet from Bandit. Bandit is offering Sidious Mag listeners 15% off all of their orders from banditrunning.com for a limited time through October 31st if you use code Sidious15. Grab yourself some merch. Go grab some miles after that. That's banditrunning.com, code Sidious15. We're also brought to you by Olipop. We've been pounding Olipop for months now, and our gut health has never been better. We know all the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda. Olipop calls itself a new kind of soda. Whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices, Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that's packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla lemon lime and banana cream back in may there was actually a report that olipop's root beer flavor is the number one best-selling single serve root beer now they're coming for the top spot in a new flavor category ginger ale give it a try today i've got a couple in my fridge and of course it's delicious Sidious Mag Podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code Sidious25 at checkout when they visit drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Feel free to tag us and tag Drink Olipop on your Instagram stories. We love reposting those. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. All right, he's back after the biggest weekend of the NCAA cross-country season that isn't a championship weekend. It was Nutty Comb and Pre-Nats a couple days ago, so we've had some time to pour over the results and look into who were the biggest winners, and I don't want to say losers. Let's soften the blow a little bit, like underperformers, uh, let's say, of the of both races. Um Isaac, overall, you were at a big meet for your team, but you were looking at results as it was kind of happening. What were your first initial impressions of both, you know, Nuttycomb and Prenats? Yeah, I mean, I bought I bought the the Southwest Airlines Wi-Fi just to watch Wisconsin. <laughs> Never do that. Why would you buy the Wi-Fi anyway? Okay, uh, so yeah, in fact, I held it up. I held up my laptop over my head so all my team could watch it too. Oh, like on the plane. <laughs> and uh you know it's um i mean it was a bloodbath 
on both both races on the on the for Wisconsin men's and women's. Um, talking to another coach yesterday, I think categorically you can say this is the best meet that they, that that will happen all year. Honestly, there's just no there, there's like nationals will have some better individuals and a couple better teams, but from the depth perspective, especially like no way. I mean, 30, 36 men's teams in that race and uh, 33 women's teams. It's just a ton of bodies and a ton of really good athletes. Mm-hmm. It lived up to the hype and it the did. weather threw a massive curveball in terms of just like how windy, how muddy, how rainy it was. And yet right. we saw some standout performances. Like, of course, like we'll lead off with like the biggest winners of this being Northern Arizona, a major statement win by, I think by the, the women's team, but then of course, Parker yeah. Valby. So, um, in kicking things off, let's start with our biggest winner of the weekend, NAU in general, just sort of what were your takeaways and impressions from seeing the men take care of business and then the women upsetting the reigning champions in NC state. It was a score of 52 to 95. I mean, Northern Arizona is an amalgamation of great coach living at altitude and a great place to train with a bunch of really motivated athletes to be great in college and move on. And they ha- they've created this culture now around it where it's they know that they're the best and they show up to every meet believing it. And the women's team is finally now met up to the men. And it's honestly, it's almost too bad. <laughs> no one else can do what they can do, right? No one else has 7,000 feet. No one else has maybe the best coach in America, maybe in the, maybe one of the best in the world. Um, no one else has the the training uh, potential that is that that exists around Flagstaff. And you're surrounded around pros anyways. There are so many pros in Flag. Anyway, so it was it was really just a matter of time before I think before it kind of all leveled out in terms of like NAU's women kind of getting up to the level of the men. And what a show of force by any of these women. I mean, they just put everyone in there. They got out and they put themselves right in the mix of the front and just stayed there the whole time and dominated. It, it was just, five in the top 20 at the end of the race. Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, they, they ran a perfect race. Obviously, Elise Stearns is the leader of this team who was fourth at NCAAs last year. They got a major upgrade with Graceland Larkin transferring from New Mexico. Same thing with uh, Ali Upshaw. For you... In assessing just sort of who their you know top seven were, it was Elise, Stearns, Larkin, Race, Upshaw, Moore, Smee, Grice. Who were the biggest over, uh, not necessarily overperformers, but to deli- help deliver this win that exceeded sort of your expectations? If you looked at it on paper, I guess NC State had you know kind of a rough run with you know I guess Sam Bush not finishing the race and that was right. a major key component for them but at the same time yeah. not to take away from nau's win who helped kind of like really tighten that pack up well i think kira moore looks really good um and she's you know she was 14th at the virginia meet which was a good meet but 18th at the is a better performance than that in my opinion and so they saw an uptick from her adding ruby Smee into the mix really helps too she's an experienced veteran um and you know, when, when, uh, when she's your six, when Ruby Smee, who is a, uh, you know, one of the, I would put, I would have put her preseason top 20 best women in the country. She's your number six. It's, it's, it's scary for everyone else. And they just have a a depth and a, and a level of depth up at the top that is really hard to beat. Does this change your sort of preseason impressions that NC state's the favorite going into 
championship season? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, you have, even though, yeah, I mean, you know, Sam Bush finishes, you know, I think, um, I think NC State would have been closer, but it still wouldn't, I don't know if it would have beaten NAU on that day. And and I think, I think at this point, it's, it's the NAU show up front for both the men and women. On the women's side, we did see the battle that was expected, Valby versus Tui. But instead, different outcome than last year's NCAA championships with Valby still pressing on, but holding on uh, for the victory yeah. and really kind of accelerating at, at one point to gap Tui by a pretty good margin. She ends up running 19-17, which is 27 seconds faster than Tui did the year before in awful conditions. Now, granted, I guess Tui also ran faster than than she did the year before. So it was a fast race up front on the women's side, on the men's side, I guess like it was, they were a little bit more bunched up together, but what did you make of Valby's victory? You know, Valby did her thing that we all knew she was going to do, but I think we all were like waiting for Tuhi to kind of close the gap, close the gap, close the gap, but she never did. It was, it was almost like it was, I felt like we were in, twilight zone like come on to are you gonna do it are you gonna do it are you gonna do it and she never did and i think valby has learned some lessons on how to, on how to do it i think um you know how NCAA's outdoors went kind of gave her has given her some confidence as well but i think she just she was able to really keep the foot on the gas and you know we don't know where caitlin's at with her training either i think that's i think it's unfair to say that valby's categorically better than caitlin right now um Maybe Valby tapered a little bit more for this. I, I'm not like Strava, you know, stalking them, so I have no idea. Maybe they're not posting on there. Anyways, I don't know what their training is like, but you kind of still have to read results like this from an individual standpoint with a grain of salt because not really sure 100% where Valby and Tui's training is at right now. Um, I think from a team perspective, you can still look at it as like, okay, yeah, NAU is obviously the best men's and women's teams in the country, but individually, it's like, okay, so what are they doing? Is I think Tui's always run better at the end of the season. Uh, she's always looked good all, all the time, but you know, she's never not done it at in cross country at the, in the final meet of the year. So I, 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 I will reserve judgment on if Valby is categorically better than Tui until nationals. Um, but as of right now, you have to rank her above her. If you're doing the, you know, the, the, the conjecture that is, you know, um, analysis after a race like this, yes, Valby beat Tui pretty strongly. So right now she's number one. I also think that Tui's performance isn't, we wouldn't throw her in the disappointments category because she did run no. faster. The, you know, again, first race of the season as well. I think there are, are things where it's sort of like, all right, I think she'll show up at the championship like she always does. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, not a disappointment. All right. Then looking at the women who finished uh, behind her, was there anyone else who individually stood out to you as? an overperformer or a little bit of a surprise there. I thought Katie Mitchell from Oregon state looked really good, really strong. Um, and you know, she's coming off of um, a dub at Dellinger. And I think she's got some, some confidence right now that she's one of the best women in the NCAA. I thought Maya Ramsden for being considered more of a 1500 meter runner. I thought she ran really tough in those conditions. So I thought that that was a really, really good showing from her. Also, Olivia Markazitz, the the steeple champ, right? Um, another really good run from her. And I have to apologize to Notre Dame because when I said Colorado last week, in all honesty, I think I, I should have said Notre Dame. And so I blew that one. I'll take the hit on that. Notre Dame's women are really good. And I, I should have probably thrown them into that mix of, of those teams I thought would be in, you know, 
in that top having five in the top 40 or 50 but so i thought marcus looked really good and and um and uh, Amina Matug from Duke, another maybe more like 1500 3K type that had a really good day. And she's been, she's been you know, under the radar, one of the better runners in NCAA for the last year plus at Duke. And uh, they're doing a good job developing her there. I'm looking through the results here. And freshman-wise, like on the men's side, there are some standout freshmen. On the women's side, it definitely seems a little bit more upper class heavy. But Amy Bunnage finishing 13th instant hit at stanford yeah i mean we knew that we knew she was going to be that good um you know when you've run sub nine minutes in the 3k at her age and has run a world cross although i think she'd do that i think there's just a level of just experience and savvy that you have from being in, in being at that level for that long I'm not surprised by bunnage's race um i think i think if you're to look at someone that had a you know a breakout uh, as a true freshman yeah i mean you gotta look at leah stevens for sure um, yeah, she had run 9.15 for 3K, 9.50 for 3,200 meters. <laughs> so I mean, she, she was, she's not like someone who we should have, uh, should have overlooked. Uh, I think that she belongs in that, in that area um, as a top, you know, she, she's looking at probably being a top 30 or 40 finisher at NCAAs. And, you know, what a lot of coaches will do is they'll take Wisconsin or the Nutty Comb and they'll be like, okay, do you times it by two? And that's where you finish at NCAAs. Do you times it by three? Do you times it by 1.5? I would probably do 1.5. I think it's I think it's within that much of a range of where people are going to finish at NCAA's, um, and it'll just at this point it's now a matter of who's trending the right way because we're 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 four weeks out, right? About four weeks to NCAA's, and it's it's if you're trending up, those guys will, those those ladies will probably slide up a little, and and if you're trending backwards, they'll probably slide down, and that's a slippery. It's more of a slippery slope for those who are trending backwards. Um, so. Lot, we'll just have to see whose whose trajectory keeps heading the right direction towards you know where they're going to be able to finish based on this at the NCAA's. Among the winners that we've pegged for the Nuttycomb Invitational, Oregon State finishing seventh. How big of a performance was this for them? Yeah, Louis Quintana's got him going, doesn't he? Uh, this is his best team he's had. Um, there's there, you know, it was only a matter of time. I mean, in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of really really good athletes. And it was really only, only a matter of time before they really had a team that was going to be at this level. Um, and so I, I'm certainly not not surprised that they're this good. But it's uh, it's it's exciting for Louis to be able to have his women running at, at, at this high level at this point. They might end up being like the biggest people who jump in the rankings after this performance. 100%. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, I agree. All right, switching gears over to disappointments. <laughs> NC State, kind of we throw in that just because you know i guess they didn't have sam bush finish so that was a bit rough for them but then after that i think yeah. like you can also make a case that florida they're right there they finish end up finishing fifth as a team but that fifth piece for them was 177th place so they go 116 30 38 177 how do they find that fifth piece that can close the gap on that podium yeah, I mean, I think that they have the 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 people on their on their roster that are good enough um, to maybe close that gap. Um, so much of what's going to happen for them is they 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 just need a little bit of to be battle tested. I think maybe is the right way to put that. Um, I think I think uh, they have some athletes that can can close that gap. Um, it's just I think that that was their first really big test, and and so they'll learn from that. They'll learn from that, and uh, they'll be better. 
I, I don't know if it'll come in time um, to be able to put them in, in a spot to, to, to win, but definitely podium. Providence's women, I think we can throw into the disappointments here a little bit. They were ranked 18th. They end up finishing 24th as a team here. What went wrong for them? So much of this meet is getting out. You have to get out. You have to believe that the first 60 seconds are free. And they they didn't. And the teams that didn't get out paid the price. That's just the reality of a race like this. Because no matter who you are, no matter how good you are, passing 100 people from 3K to 6K is really hard. Because every single person you pass is going to fight you off. Right? And every single person you pass isn't that much worse than you. They're just not. There's just too many talented women in that field where if you don't get out, and so and NAU was the you know was the byproduct of that being the opposite for them, where they got out really well and they stuck it because they didn't have to really. They weren't jostling with you know with a hundred different women throughout the course of a race, and and Providence just didn't get out well enough. And I think that's the case for probably half. If you look at like the twentieth team back, I'm sure every single coach is having a conversation with their athletes after the race, like, why didn't we get out? What are we doing here? Is there any team from these standings that you look at and it's like, okay, I think like because of this, they're going to have enough points to potentially get in, even if they, if they don't finish in the top two, like, is that Harvard or is it like, I guess like what teams are there here that it's like, they won't win their region and they won't finish top two, but they did enough at Wisconsin. Maybe North Carolina, mm-hmm. North Carolina, Duke, um, uh, a team that we haven't talked about that needs to be talked about is Lipscomb. Like what? Like when's the last time Lipscomb was even talked about in the conversation of a team going to NCAA's? Not they finished in the ten. In the yeah, in the in the fifteen plus years that I've been really studying this stuff, like I've always thought that they were a solid program. You know, I think they're in Nashville. Is that right? And I think that you know they've they they've got opportunities to have good facilities and and they they but they brought in a new coach a couple of years ago. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was a well respected um, exercise physiologist. Um, uh, I think he worked at the USATF ranks for a while, and uh, he's done a really good job. He's recruiting there, and he's developing. So pretty fun to see. Yeah, is there a strength? There's the fact that I'm looking at it. They just run as a pack. Like there's no low yeah. stick really here. Their 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 low stick was 52nd, but it's 52nd, 65th, 67th, 73rd, and then they can get away with I guess having that fifth person be in 101st place, which is still better than some of the teams ahead of them. Yeah, it's a, that's a 19-second spread from 1 to 5. is nasty. Wow. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> you don't know when the last time they qualified for the championship? I don't know if Lipscomb they... ever has. Oh, I hate to say that categorically. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> But it's been a long time since they've been in the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by V.02, a coaching app based on the science of legendary coach Jack Daniels. High schools, clubs, and universities from all over the world are having great success using V.02. Since 2017, Marietta High School in Georgia has won a combined nine 7A state titles in cross country. Their coach, Jack Coleman, had the following to say about V.02. The features of V.02 are exactly what I need as a coach. The ability to create group training plans that are individually personalized within each group is my favorite feature. V.02 is offering 20% off their coaching subscription using the code SIDIUSMAG. Download V.02 in the app stores or visit V.02 to start your 30-day free trial. Athletes without a coach can also use the same code to try out their fully automated V.02 adaptive trainer and sync to an Apple Watch, Koros, or Garmin. Leverage the world-famous V.02 formulas and take your running to the next level with V.02. On the men's side, 
I have to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back for calling yes. Grand Blanks for the win. I got really lucky. Yeah. That clip was great too. I guess if you go back and listen to it, it was sort of like, "Hey, Isaac, like, who are you feeling really good about?" I really like Grand Blanks, and with you know less than two k to go, he pulls away from arguably, I think I would say one of the deepest you know, nutty comb Wisconsin fields that we've ever sure. seen. Like every one of the heavy hitters that we expect that the championships was there and he pulls off the upset. Do you believe it's for real? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, just the confidence that comes from knowing you can win a race like that is huge. Um, and, and I, and I've worked with some athletes who've done similar things in races like that and they weren't able to carry it through. Like, um, I know, I think Rory Linkletter won a couple of different pre-naps and, um, he still ended up having good NCAAs, but it's not a guarantee, right? So I, I'm hesitant to say I think Grand Blanks is going to win categorically the NCAA championship. You know, that's hard to say, but it, you, you're an idiot if you don't put him in the top five. Yeah, and this one, that top 10, basically, or the, t- the top 10, Creed Thompson was with him for a bit, but really the nine guys, I mean, they were, they were separated by 10 seconds at the very end, but going into the last, you know, two kilometers everyone like everyone was in it nico young happened samuel kai robinson i think kai robinson ended up maybe doing a little bit too much work from the front everyone was yeah. kind of queuing off of him and there was that one section where it looked like they were going downhill and it got really messy and everyone was going like yeah. five wide <laughs> right that was like crazy. Where, it was crazy and but i mean shortly thereafter i mean that's where grand blanks made his move from this it's still the individual title is still, I think, very much up for grabs. It was yeah. a really good race, I think, for Nico Young. Kind of like you kind of think of like, oh, he hasn't won. He hasn't won like a big race yet. Like at this race last year, it was it was Kai Robinson. I I think there's a lot of pluses he can take away from this performance. I mean, it was the first race of the year. Yeah. I mean, talk about a good rust buster. I mean, you could if you're Mike Smith, you couldn't be happier about how Nico ran. I mean, and then second is first meet of the year leading the team, all, you know, five scores in the top 30. I mean, yeah. there's no real blemish here for that team. They won by almost a hundred points. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was interesting when you watched the race, <clears throat> it looked like a couple of times, like Drew Bosley kept slipping on the down. And there's something about like when you slip and just kind of lose that rhythm, it is it is taxing to get back into it. I, I imagine Bosley will be even closer to Nico in the race where he doesn't lose momentum like five or six different times, like slipping on the side. It was interesting to watch that. Um, yeah, almost like everyone out was, at one every, point. He did, right. And it was almost like everyone was trying to find their way on those downhills, like where was the best footing? And it just looked like, he just got screwed every time he tried to find the right footing. It just never worked, you know? And, and, uh, and there ended up being that lineup and he just kind of ended up being that guy outside. So I think, I think actually, um, I, I, for, I would think on, on a normal day where it's a little bit better footing that Nico and Drew end up being right next to each other instead of a little bit of a gap there. Um, but it was interesting to see how people handled that downhill. It did, I think, impacted a lot of people's rhythm. Young, Bosley, Los Haras, Quacks, Prosser. Is this their five or like Brody Hasty was clutched last year at the championships for them? I, they I, have multiple pieces that like I look at these yeah. results and I'm not sold that this is going to be like the order that they finish in at nationals. No, me neither. I think they have, you know, they're they have so many pieces. It'll just 
it'll just be who's feeling it on the day. I mean, I you know, Hasty could come through, Quacks could come through and end up being a little bit tighter up front with Los Ross um, and uh, and Quacks. Um, I think Santiago Prosser is such an underrated dude. I mean, like we never like like he's not really talked about that much, but like he has been so solid for them. And he's a junior. He's around 759. He's on 1346. He was 17th at Virginia two weeks ago or three weeks ago. He was 29th at Nutty Comb. Um, he was second at their home cross meet. You know, 17th and it's all the West Prelim in the five. So he was just a few spots off of making that of making that final. So um, he he uh, yeah, I think he's a guy who's been un- been underlooked uh, and uh, or overlooked, I guess <laughs> the better way to say that. But I think that he's he's someone who I could also see kind of moving his way closer to Quacks as the season goes on. When we look at disappointments, what's up with this Stanford team? I mean, it's Kai Robinson up in front, but then a massive gap to the guys behind him. They're, you know, he was fourth, then it's 83rd, 85th, 119th, 198th. It's not the team that we expected kind of to be in the mix at the preseason rankings. Yeah, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet for them. I mean, Cole Sprout is seasoned. He's talented. We know what he can do. Didn't have a great day. It's okay. I mean, if there's if there's ever meat to not have a great day, it's a meat in the middle of the year, right? I mean, it just doesn't quite matter as much. I mean, as long as they, as long as they can get the points that they need to be able to get themselves into internationals, despite how they finish at regionals, they're going to be just fine. Um, and so, I'm not going to hit the panic button for Stanford quite yet. Um, I think Lex Young will just keep getting better and better, and a little more ready um, as things go on. And and uh, you know, I, I think that they're 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 young. I mean, they they have you know they have the young twins and they have a bunch of other really really talented freshmen who you know that transition to college is just never easy it's never simple it's never a slam dunk with with freshmen it never is and any coach who thinks that bringing the guy is going to just be a categoric like guarantee this guy is going to be the guy just obviously like is just way too excited because there's usually only one or two true freshmen every year that really are that good that they can transition that well and and, and to transition to segue into that it, it, it's rocky hansa this year he's him yeah i was gonna all right we put on the list of biggest winners rocky hansen has definitely stood out um maybe like yeah i guess there's people in north carolina who are kicking themselves as they're like why didn't he choose you know to wear tar heel blue instead he's at wake forest um but immediately become the team's best guy this is not it wasn't just you know the first meet that we saw him at now it's he's two for two giving Hapton Samuel a run for best freshman so yeah. what impresses you the most about Rocky Hansen so far um yeah his poise his poise I think he runs with a chip on his shoulder like I think he's felt like overlooked that he had Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum ahead of him and you know Hunter Jones some of these guys who was, who was his teammate who were kind of a little bit more heralded than him maybe but it's like Rocky Hansen broke four minutes <laughs> like in like, any normal feels like what would be a normal year although it's becoming more normal that all these kids break four minutes in high school you know every year there's two or three right but like he's really good and I think he's found his rhythm there and and to, to your point about North Carolina kicking themselves, I think I think John Hayes is proving himself to be the best one, if not the best, one of the best recruiters in the NCAA. Every single top prospect is at least considering Wake Forest. Every single one. So uh, he's getting it done. The other thing that kind of Rocky Hansen, friend of Sidious Mag, since we've seen him kind of grow up before our eyes, having covered him at New Balance Nationals when he broke four minutes for the mile and just, you know, the fantastic outdoor season that he had. But I think what struck me the most uh, hearing him speak as a high school senior was that 
he never really wrapped himself up as like, you know, obsessed over time. It was all about competing. And that's what cross country is all about. So it does not yes. really shock me to see that, oh, he's instantly taken super well uh, to cross country. So Rocky Hansen, watch out for him as potentially the top freshman at the championships, but also, you know, in in a solid position to be an All-American at the end of this season. Um, Happen oh, yeah. Samuel can actually run in the cold. We got our answer. Finish his yeah, third. No, he looks fine. He looks fine. I think that he's that he, um, you know, if you're Darren Dawson in New Mexico, you got to be you got to be patient with him, right? You want him to be feeling his very best um, at the very end because when you have someone as gifted as him, especially who has the resume that he has, you just, I mean, you're going to err on being conservative, and I think that that's that's how they have to play that with him, and I think that that's a good finish from him. I think he, I pro- in all honesty, he's probably still better than that. I, I, I do think he's probably the most gifted runner in the NCAA. It's it's just a matter of putting it together on the race day. And, uh, and so for him to kind of keep climbing, keep getting better and better, um, you know, uh, he's going to he's gonna learn how to battle at the end of those races a little bit better. And he's going to learn and take away from what he got out of Nuttycomb and get better moving forward. I know you're not a betting man, but if you had to be <laughs> to place money on like who is the individual favorite right now? This weekend didn't make it any easier, but who are you? Would you put that money on? Oh, Chris. Um, dang, that's tough, man. I still like Kai Robinson. Still, you're sticking with I, it. I still like Kai. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I just have visions of him um, on the track last year, just looking so confident at the end of the season. And with Hicks winning last year, I think that maybe that's something that Santos has gotten right at Stanford is getting his his individuals up front ready to really run well at the end of the season. And I and I think Kai's gonna. I, I still like Kai for now. I'm I'm more and more impressed with Parker Wolf each time out. He, oh, I think gritty. he's getting really good experience just kind of racing up against these guys, and he hasn't really been thought of all that much True. as like the number one guy. But I think there's a good chance. Um, yeah. One more yeah, winner from this. Good. One more winner from this yeah. meet. CBU going from, yeah. you know, with 2K to go, they were all the way back in 14th place and then move up and finish the meet fourth. Closers. Well, and I'm telling you, their best runner on their team was their fifth guy that day. He is going to keep getting better. Valentin Sosa. I'm telling you, he's going to come through for me at some point. And it's gonna. I'm gonna have my grand blanks Chris Chavez moment when when Valentin Sosa finally looks like the guy that I think he is because I like him. And so when he's your fifth, your best guy in your team is your fifth guy. Yeah, I think Cal Baptist has a shot at the podium. He's the one who fell back in the last six k. He fell back twenty nine places in in the last two k. Last two k. If he can hold it together, I could see that for for you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Anyone else from Wisconsin that really stood out to you? I guess underperformers. The you're the host for this thing. Wisconsin's men they held out Bob Liking and Adam Spencer, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know what kind of maybe they're just playing games. Maybe they're hurt. I'm not sure what that looks like for them. Um, Jackson Sharp looked I good. Always, he was fifth. Sharp Sharp looked sharp. Um, <laughs> I think that. I, I think that they either someone's dinged up or they just didn't want them to put them to the bloodbath. I, I mean, obviously they had the inside scoop on who was coming and who was running and who was who was going to be racing and and you know that's that's a really hard effort and maybe maybe Mick thinks it's not worth it. 
if Let's anything, just let we, these guys have a smooth ride to conference. Yeah, what we've learned over the years, I think that McBurn puts a little bit more of an emphasis on Big Tens than he does, you yeah. know, even Wisconsin Invitational. So um, he's got that. Com- they've got that coming up, and so maybe we take a bit more out of uh, that performance when that happens. Um, now, if we look at uh, what took place in Charlottesville, we had pre-nats there, and. You only were 50% correct in it being the Arkansas show, but you did sort of say it's like you would never discount a Dilji Taylor-led BYU women's squad, and that's who ended up winning on the women's side. Arkansas's men went on the men's side, both of them kind of claiming the individual and the team titles. So what were your impressions from pre-nets? If I'm being honest, my impressions was it was kind of a ho-hum meet. I think the bummer is that with the so hard to follow up Wisconsin. It is. It is. It just, and everyone wants to go there. And a lot of the Pacific coast teams were like, why would we change three time zones? It's just, it's not worth it. It's just, it's hard. That kind of time zone change is tough. Um, especially if you don't have the ability to get there early to adapt a little, like you'll notice a lot of teams from the East coast when like Oregon hosts outdoor track nationals, they'll get there on Sunday, you know? And they don't before they even compete on Wednesday. So I think that, you know, they weren't most cross country teams don't have the luxury to be able to get there three or four days before in mid season during the, during the school year. So I think, I think it was a fine meet. I think it was, I think the people, the teams that were good that went there got out of it what they needed a chance to look at the course, um, a chance to kind of test, you know, obviously have a mid, a, a mid season, almost like a midterm exam of like where we're at. And um, Arkansas's, Arkansas's men look like the truth. I think Tennessee's men look pretty good. Um, I like Virginia's men. I think they ran solid. Montana State looked like about what we thought they were going to be. Um, I, I'd say a winner from the meet on the men's side was probably Purdue um, in terms of just looking a lot better than what we thought they were going to be. And shout out to Connor, Connor Ashbury, a.k.a. Cashberry, the new head coach at Purdue, doing a good job out there getting those guys ready. Um, and so the, I, I would say from an individual standpoint to segue into that, Chris, it's bench cheer. <laughs> Wow. That's, yeah. I, I mean, he, he has a 754 3K PR, which is solid. It's good. But I, I, did, I you don't look at what that dude's done and be like, oh, that dude's for sure going to be, you know, the winner of the pre-nats race. Or, or, yeah. But but on the flip side, if you look at what he's done so far this cross-country season, second at Chili Pepper, won the Cowboy preview. So I guess it's not too surprising, but it was still, I think, a validating performance for him that he's a he's a top 10 NCAA guy. Were you as surprised as some people were by Arkansas taking down Tennessee? Like, yeah, sure, they're coming into them. They were ranked 21st, and, and Tennessee was ranked 11th. But you you thought that this was possible? Yeah, I, I think Arkansas just hadn't really had a chance to show their cards yet. You know, it's hard. Rankings are so hard. It's just You just don't really know what people got until you do it. That's why... Some people would say like rankings suck or like rankings. The only ranking that really matters is the one at the end of the, you know, the final score at the end of the final, you know, the final team scores at the end of it to the lace because that's the truth. And rankings are just for fun and just to kind of give credit and some respect to the teams that deserve it. So I think Arkansas was just ready to kind of, it was, it was, it was just a matter of time before they really looked like the team that I think that they, that we thought they were going to be. And uh, when, when, when Patrick Kiprop isn't your number one and you got a guy like Ben Shearer running that well, that's pretty scary for everyone else. And Patrick Kiprop is really good. And then Karami Yego, same thing. Their one, two, three punts looked really good. McLeod only being six seconds behind Kiprop is a good sign. That's a pretty good four. On the women's side, biggest winners, obviously, BYU. What 
should we know about Carmen Alder, who ended up pulling off the victory here and was your pre-nets champion? I mean, Carmen Alder ran incredible. Um, if you were to have told me before the race, a BYU woman was going to win the race individually, I said, okay, good for Aubrey Frenthway. Who is their That's third? who I would have said. That's what, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. That's who I would have said. Like, okay, Aubrey had a really good day. Um, it was only a matter of time before Carmen Alder got to this level in cross country. I mean, she's, I mean, she's definitely no slouch. She was a really, really um, heralded recruit coming out of high school. I mean, I mean, just, just in high school alone, she was a, you know, um, a 440 miler and, and she had done some really good things. And so I certainly think that she was someone who was good and we thought that she was going to be a good talent, but you know, um, if you can hang in in Dill G. Taylor's training, she's she's she puts those girls through it, but they're but man, she develops talent. And Carmen is just another example of a Dill G. Taylor, you know, um, development in, in her individuals. She looked really good. I mean, she won by it was convincing. I mean, it wasn't just like ho hum, she barely outkicked someone. Like, no, she won by 11 seconds. Yeah. Margot Appleton on her home course, leading the Virginia women to a third place finish. I would put Virginia's women as one of the biggest winners of this one. Yeah, I thought they looked really good. Yeah, I'm beating Oregon is a good is a good is a good team win for them. Um, and uh, again, Oregon had to do the the changing three time zones, but that's not easy. And Virginia was on their home course, so whatever that means. But that's what's going to be for nationals. So I think that is what it is. You last week when we talked, you said we're going to learn a lot more about. Oregon and the type of team that they are. What did we learn? That they're good. Maddie Elmore's good, and they've got some pieces. I think they. I think they could expect a little more, maybe from from Thornton Bott and Kazimierska. I think that those two are probably better than what they did. But you know, they they Oregon starts so late in the school year. I think training wise, they're still pretty pretty, just still coming along. So I would I wouldn't give up on Oregon quite yet. But I think that that uh, they they need to have a little bit of a you know look themselves in the mirror and be like, all right, what are we gonna do? We got four weeks. We got to go. And it looks like the man Jerry is keeping these red shirts on. I don't know. I really don't. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, yeah, they decided not to make the travel and uh, pull the, pull the Dave Smith in Oklahoma state. Just hey, let's just, let's just keep it rolling until big 12. So, uh, till stay tuned on the Oregon front, I guess. All right. Final thing from pre Nats underperformers on the team side. Was there anyone who really, it was like, all right, you're going to have to do a lot in the championship season to really punch that ticket to nationals. Um, maybe Montana state. I think that they've been ranked in the top 30 most of the year, but um, they didn't get any points. Uh, I don't think. And so they're going to have to run well the mountain region, but the good news is they're in the mountain region and there's so many good teams there that you can sneak ahead of one to get pushed in. So they probably have the big most work to do on the men's side. Any, anyone? That was the men's side, excuse me. Oh, the men's side. Okay. Then on yeah, the yeah. women's side? Um, on the women's side, yeah, I, th- I think you look at a Tennessee Wake Forest squad who I think, you know, consider themselves a team that are going to be in the conversations they're going. Um, they've got, they've got a little more work to do. Um, and they don't, they don't, they're not quite in as good as of regions to maybe like be able to get in there and get in front of a team that might push them in. So, um, We'll have to see how their com- their conference meets though might so conference is going to be a big opportunity for some of those teams to score points and to just kind of take another stock of where they're at and if, if nationals is going to be in the cards for them it's not this weekend but it's next weekend we'll have all these teams competing at their conference championships 
in so many cases, it's going to be, you know, the favorites running away with it. But for the people who want to watch an interesting race, can you give us two or three conferences? It's like, hey, that morning, look up how to stream, you know, that conference or find the, you know, live stream link for this one, because that's actually going to be a very interesting race with bigger implications for, you know, the regionals and then the national championships. Because, like, it's, yeah, watching uh, NC State run away with the ACC isn't all that fun. I guess they might have a tight run with Virginia, but that's a good head-to-head. Oh, I think the men's Big 12. Men's Big 12, okay. Why we, is that? We, didn't talk about tex- we didn't talk about Texas being maybe a, um, a huge, a huge uh, improved team from the men's race at Nutty Comb, and we should have. We've missed out, but. Oklahoma State, BYU, Texas on the men's side, whew, that's going to be a doozy of a race. And I, I think, and it's uh, it's in Ames, not sure what that course looks like, but on the men's side, that Big 12 race is going to be really good. Um, and a sneaky good conference is what you're looking for. I'm going to go with the Atlantic Sun, okay? Okay. Uh, I, I, you're like, are you serious? I am. Um, I, I, I think... Uh, I, I think Lipscomb is good, but I think Eastern Kentucky's women are going to be better than people think. And they, and uh, maybe Lipscomb crushes them, but that might be fun to just see where they're at in that one. So you gave me one, you, you threw me a softball. So I was trying to just see, you know, look at look at a at a, at a conference that might be fun. I think I think the Atlantic Sun could be a fun one. When's the last time you watched the Atlantic Sun Conference Championship? Twenty twelve, probably. <laughs> I knew you would have an actual answer, <laughs> but. I don't even know where to start in terms of just like being able to find a link for this one. Maybe we're just gonna have to rely off of uh, Twitter updates. Oh, it's, it might be on ESPN Plus. I don't know. They have an ESPN Plus thing on their website. So anyway, okay. that that was just a random one that I like. But that might be interesting to see where Eastern Kentucky's at versus Lipscomb. So awesome. Well, Isaac, we'll have you on after conference championship weekend and before regionals, so that we can preview what to expect there and then. You know, before we know it, we're a month away from NCAs. One month. One month away. Goes fast. It does. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I love doing this for you guys. I've only got a few asks here to close out the show. Please share this episode with your friends if you think they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. And if you have a moment to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow and maybe helps us get better guests on the show, let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We have a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you guys next time.